The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. This is the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. Yes, it is. He is correct. And uh, thank you for joining us once again at seven minutes after seven on your Wednesday night, the flagship show of the Employment Law Show. And uh, here to you to answer some questions and a bunch of emails as well. The uh, phone lines are open. Look at that live call in show, as you know, 416 870 6400. 416 870 6400 is the way to call in tonight and uh, ask your questions here live on air and get them answered. Barring that, you want to go to help at employmentlawyer.ca. I know we've got a ton of emails we've got to get through tonight, so we'll be concentrating heavily on that. Lior, part of, in fact, founding partner, Samfiru Tamarkin, LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in the country, coast to coast to coast. You can check that out anytime. So they're doing some uh, some great work there. Again, phone lines are open, guys. Bring it on, 416-870-6400. What, is, uh, what do you got off the top, Al? Hey, Johnny, I am ready to rock and roll here and talk about employment law and answer questions. You know, I've been doing this all day, started probably around 8 o'clock this morning, but I'm not done. I still have, you know, about a dozen or so questions in me to answer. So please take advantage. Call us right now if you want to know about your workplace rights. Maybe, you know, this week hasn't been the best of weeks so far. Uh, your boss said that next week some changes are happening or there's a ultimatum put in front of you for something. Well, if you want to know what to do, is it legal? Can they do this? Oftentimes the questions I get start with the words, can they do this? Well, don't wander anymore. Right now, you can call us. We are here to answer those questions. I'll tell you what to do. I'll tell you what you need to know. I'll hopefully make you feel better so you can walk away with the, armed with that information. So please uh, call us right now. Let's have that discussion. Uh, don't be bashful. We just want to help. But to get us revved up here today on this flagship show of the Employment Law Show, let me tell you about a couple situations that came across my desk very recently. First one, John, I, I had to... I had to read this uh, email that I initially got from uh, someone a couple times before I could actually believe what my eyes were seeing. So this person worked for one of the major banks. Unfortunately, uh, was diagnosed. Uh, she, she was diagnosed with MS, and obviously that's a serious condition. But her condition was such that she she was able to continue working, except she needed some help and some modified duties from her employer, from the bank. So she did exactly. Uh, what I uh, would have told her to do is she got a note from a doctor to her employer saying, here's the modified duties that this uh, lady needs. Well, wouldn't you know it? She gets back in writing, insanity, in writing a note from HR at the bank saying, we don't need to follow your doctor's advice, so we're not going to accommodate you. Uh, so your options are to either resign or you can take a medical leave of absence. So that's when she contacts me and she wants to know, is that legal? Like I said, I had to read this twice to make sure that I, I, I was I was not imagining things. This is so illegal, I don't even know where to begin. Of course they have to accommodate. Not even a question they have to accommodate. And in fact, the doctor is the only one that gets to decide what type of accommodation. So they absolutely have to follow what the doctor says. So their refusal is a human rights violation. It's illegal. 
Uh, and someone, you know, you think a major bank would know this. You think that HR and a major bank would know this very, very basic concept. So they made a huge mistake here, and I'm going to help fix that. But I wanted to remind everyone of this. Number one, of course, if you do have a medical condition, if you need some accommodation, modify duties, modified hours, maybe to work from home, maybe to work less hours, whatever it is, if your doctor supports you and your doctor gives you that in writing, your employer has to find a way, if possible, to accommodate you. They can't refuse. They can't say, we don't want to. We can't say, we don't believe your doctor. Too bad. You have to believe the doctor. So if they refuse, that's illegal. That's a human rights violation. You call me right away. And the other thing is, you know, a lot of times people think, well, I work for a, a large, sophisticated employer. They must know. So if right. they say, you know, this is how things are, then I guess they're right. Ridiculous. Nonsense. Not at all. doesn't matter if you work for a large company, a small company. Don't believe your, what your employer says just because they said it. You have to double check. You have to ensure you know what your rights are. It starts with a call to me or an email, so please take advantage of that. Your rights can be very significant. By the way, that number is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. The email address, which we will be getting to shortly, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Uh, the website, too, by the way, you want to call this before you even reach out to Lior on the phone. Feel free. It's free. It's anonymous pocket employmentlawyer.ca. But the phone lines here and now are open. It's uh, 416-870-6400. Don't be bashful. Don't be bashful. Come on, bring on a call. We'd love to talk to you here for the uh, the remainder of the time that we're uh, we're on the air. Second matter, what is it, pal? I've never actually heard you say bashful before, but uh, well, <laughs> I, well, well, I, I think it's one of your terms. I just decided to adopt it. That's well, it. you know, I'm going to have to charge you a royalty for that. Uh, be that as it may, let me tell you about another situation that came across uh, my desk. Uh, actually, it was earlier this week. So this person uh, who called me, he has been off on uh, on a layoff because of COVID for a number of months. Uh, started in uh, May of last year, and still off. And he is the only one, as far as he's aware, of his colleagues that has not been called back to work. Now, he describes himself as the older guy in the workplace. His words, not mine, in that he's been there the longest. He's older than pretty much everyone else, and everyone else has been called back to work. His employer is not, call, uh, not responding to him. His calls doesn't text him back because he wanted to know what his status is. So finally, frustrated after being ignored, after being left out in the cold, so to speak, he called me and he wanted to know what his rights were. Well, here's the thing, John. Let's start with the obvious issue, the kind of the low-hanging fruit. And that is the fact that the layoff itself happened in May of last year, in and of itself is a termination. Regardless of who was called back to work or why, he has the ability to treat that as a termination, regardless of what his company wants to do, regardless of what his company will be doing. So he can treat that as a termination. Now, he's been there for a while and he's older. He's probably owed about 18 months of pay, 18 months. Now, there's also a second issue here. If, in fact, the reason he was not called back to work is because of his age, if that is the case, that's age discrimination. That's illegal. An employer cannot do that. An employer cannot make decisions based on someone's age, whether uh, the person is 65, 75, or any other age. Illegal. So this doesn't look like it, right? If everyone else, younger, called back to work, he's not even not called back. He's ignored. No one's talking to him. No one's answering his questions. 
So I think there's age discrimination going on here. So definitely a reminder, if you've been laid off, that's a termination. You don't have to wait. In fact, in many cases, you shouldn't wait. Let's get you your severance. And of course, if there is anything to do with your age that affects what your employer is doing, that is illegal. That could easily be a human rights violation. That number, 416-870-6400. Lines open. Bring it on. We'll, uh, we'll wait for you. Here we got plenty of time, plenty of open lines for you to make that call, ask your question. First email of the night, Travis, our pal, says, uh, Lior, can I be fired from my job because of COVID when other employees with less seniority are still working there? So the thing is this, unless it's age discrimination, you can be let go. Okay, so an employer doesn't have to follow seniority in deciding who's going to be let go. So let's say that, you know, business is slow, there's five employees, and the employer says, I only have work for four. So someone's going to be let go. The employer doesn't have to follow seniority, and they're allowed to let go of the more senior employee, if they want, so long as they pay severance, and so long as it's not age discrimination. So generally speaking, your employer can choose to let you go instead of someone else, even though you may be a better employee. Maybe you have better performance reviews. Maybe you've been there longer. Unfortunately, in a non-union environment, an employer can decide to let you go. But of course, severance is key. And especially if you're more senior, as, as this person said, he's been there longer. If he has more years, that can impact his severance. He could be owed a lot more severance. So the key here is to make sure that he gets proper severance, not so much the reason he's being let go. You mentioned seniority in the uh, the back and forth between that and a union employee. I want to I want to uh, drill down on that in a minute, but first I want to get to a, a quick call here. Uh, Bill, thank you so much for uh, for calling in. Good evening. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing tonight? Good, brother. What's going on? Good. So uh, I'm a truck driver. Just calling, uh, wondering some. Thing about drug and alcohol testing regarding uh, the truck drivers in an accident and uh, they go for a post-accident uh, drug and alcohol test. Um, for cannabis, would it have to be a swab uh, to prove that the driver would be under the influence within the last 8 to 12 hours as opposed to a urine sample? Because I know cannabis stays in the system for quite a long time so yeah so so for for the 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 drug test to have any meaning uh, any value for the company they'd have to be able to show that the person was under the influence at the time of the accident you know if they if they smoked a joint 4 days earlier and it's still in their system it's not really going to be of any relevance so yes, you're right. It would have to be a swab. It would have to be the type of test that would show you your uh, in- intoxication or your your impact on you at the time of the accident. The fact that it may be in your blood, but there's no evidence that uh, you were under the influence at the time of the accident is not something that the company can really use against you. Right. And would that cause any implications for them with their insurance? If a driver was to test positive uh, through urine, but I, I don't know. That would be between them and, and the insurance company. I, I don't see why it would, but certainly th- that that is something that would depend on the insurance company and the policy uh, on what accidents they may have had in the past and the risks. So that that is something that I can't answer. 
Bill, appreciate your call. Regardless, thanks, and uh, stay safe. Alexis, we'll get to you right after the break. I see you there, and your phone calls, 416-870-6400. Off to a good start. It's the Wednesday night edition of the Employment Law Show. This is Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. 721, and welcome back to it. Thanks for sticking around. Yeah, that's right, 416-870-6400. Plenty of time for you to, to call in. We're getting to our callers, always our top priority. We'll get to uh, Alexis here from uh, from Ajax. How you doing, Alexis? Alexis? Yes, I'm here. Hi, I'm here. how are you? Good. Good, what's on I'm your mind? Uh, well, I, call, I called in last week, and I mentioned uh, to the lawyer that I had a job that was just uh, for a few months, and uh, I had called in, well, you had to go online to check the hours, um, and when I went online to check the hours, and this was during COVID, it was about February, either the end of January or February, um, I noticed that there was no hours, instead it said terminated. And so I thought, well, that, you know, I had tried to call her several times, the manager. She was always too busy. I wasn't sure what was going on. And so I just dropped it. Um, And I didn't receive a termination slip or anything. So I called you and you said, oh, give me a call. I did call your office many times. And it's a lot of voicemail. I guess you're swamped with calls. And uh, I spoke to um, a one person, uh, I forget her name now, anyway, um, and she said she would get back to me. Uh, they were going to discuss it with you. Uh, I think I spoke to two people, a girl and a guy. Both of them basically were going to, I guess, discuss with you and get back to me. And I'm still sort of not sure what the answer is. So, like I said, I'm ending up in voicemail all the time. So I'm just wondering where it's at so chances are that we've uh we've already called you back so i would check your messages because we if we say we'll call you back we will usually the same day or 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 the next day at at the latest so i I, obviously i don't know who you necessarily spoke with but obviously uh yes uh we should we should speak i don't know more about your matter than what you said right now so check your messages. If we have not called you back, uh, let me know. Send me an email right now, if you will, and I'll make sure that it's done. We, we don't let these matters stand. We always call people back. As busy as we are, there's no exceptions there. Okay. Thanks, Alexis. Appreciate the call. 416-870-6400 is the number. 416-870-6400. Get to, uh, to Michelle. Uh, we get Michelle on the line here. My phone system is being a little slow, guys. So if somebody wants to hit Michelle, Corey, that'd be great. There we go. Hey, Michelle, how are you? Hey, good. How are you doing? Good. What's going on? Uh, just a quick question. So I've been a salaried employee uh, for six years, and my pay is set up where it's salary plus commission. 
Now, what they've done, uh, effective February 1st, is they have changed the commission amount, reduced it, but increased the salary, which it ends up netting the same, I'm fine with, but the new contract that they gave me um, is February 1st, which I understand. But my question really is about same six months from now, okay? I'm still with the company, but something happens and they decide to let me go, right? When yeah. my severance would be as of February 1st, my new contract, or do they take into account the prior six years that I've had before the February 1st new contract with the new salary and new commission structure? So your seniority does not start again at zero just because you signed a new agreement. Absolutely not. So your seniority continues to count. That said, I, I would not want you to sign a new uh, agreement without having me see it because... The, the devil's in the details. There could be terms in there that limit your future severance. So potentially you could be giving up tens of thousands of dollars in, in future severance because there's a term in there that says so. So my best advice to you is this. Do not, do not sign anything. Uh, and this is true for, for you, Michelle. It's true for all our listeners without having me see it first. Uh, you don't want to find out when it's too late that uh, in the year when they let you go, you get six weeks for six six years of uh, service instead of six months or nine months. So they can't disregard past service, but they can still limit your entitlements, uh, Michelle. Does, does that make sense? It does. Thank you. So what do I do? Just call your office and you'll take, yes. take a look at it? Yeah. Sure. Call my office. Let, let's sit down and obviously you'll send me a copy of the agreement. We'll get together on the phone and, and I'll go over it with you. All. And if there's nothing to worry about, I'll say, hey, go, go have... Uh, at it, no, not, no problem. If there is something to worry about, then we'll talk about what that is and how to re how to respond. Great, appreciate it. Thanks, Michelle. Appreciate the call. Here is that number. I'll give it to you: one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Michelle, help at employmentlawyer.ca. You still have plenty of time to make those phone calls, just like Alexis and Michelle and. Travis and all them, 416-870-6400. Get to uh, Ken. Hi, Ken. Thanks for hanging on. How are you tonight? How are you, yourself? Good. What's happening? I just got a quick question. Um, if I'm going for surgery, do I have to disclose to my employer what I'm going for surgery for? Great question. It's a great question, and, and the answer here is an easy one. The answer is absolutely not. You do not have to say why you're having surgery. Uh, you don't even, frankly, have to say that you're having surgery. I mean, frankly, all you need to say, and, and you can get a doctor's note saying that you can't work for medical reasons, whether it's the doctor can say you can't work for three weeks, six weeks, or say, we don't know now how long uh, he won't be able to work. We'll let you know later. So you don't even have to say you're having surgery. You certainly don't have to say why the surgery and, and what, what problem you're having fixed. So that is personal. That is private, and frankly, it's not on the employer's business. And how about for the insurance? Like, we have insurance at work. Yes. So your insurance company, uh, if you have short-term or long-term disability, if you're going to apply for those benefits, then yes, they're going to want all kinds of information, and for them, you have to, because they need to satisfy themselves that there's a, a condition that you have that will make you unable to work. So for your employer, no. For your disability insurer, yes. Okay, sounds good. Thank you, Ken. Appreciate it, pal. You want to reach out further? Any other questions? Here's how you do it. one 821 5900 But here now, 416-870-6400. you got lots of time to call in, ask those questions, get some answers. 
Randy on emails next says, guys, my boss told me that I would be fired at the end of the month. I was very upset and told him that I will just be leaving right away. Can I get severance? No, 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 no. Don't do that. Do not do that, man. Uh, I, I, I get questions like this fairly often. So here's the problem. Your employer gives you advance notice. Uh, say, well, we're letting you go in a month, six weeks, six months, whatever it is. Well, who wants to stick around in that situation, right? So you may say, well, if you don't want me here, I'll just walk away now. Well, even though that's understandable, the problem is once you walk away, you've now, you're now considered to have resigned. So even though that may sound strange, well, wait a second. They are the ones that told me I'm losing my job. So why did I resign? The reason is because they told you you're losing your job, not now, in the future, in a month, in two months, whatever that date is. If you're the one that chooses to leave now, that is a resignation, and unfortunately, you would not be owed severance. So you have to always keep that in mind. If, if you want to leave because maybe there's a better job and, and you just can't take it, sure, of course, you do what you, you, what you have to do. But understand that when it comes to severance, you have to stay there until the last day. And chances are that you know he would have been owed several months' pay beyond that one month notice that he got. But in this particular situation, because he decided, you know, I understand why, I probably would feel the same. But because he decided to leave before the last day of employment, that is a resignation, and now severance is not going to be paid. Let's grab another call in between all these uh, these excellent emails. Alex, you're up. Good evening. How are you? Good. Fine. Um I've been with the company. Well, we've been with the company for a while, and we've been playing the lottery. Uh, a company has bought our company, and in the contract, it says we're not allowed to play the lottery. What happens if we win? Or can they? Can the company come back at us? So you know, it's funny. Uh, I, I've been doing this employment law shtick for twenty years, and I don't know that I've been asked that before. Nope. But 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 no I way. still know the That's answer. That's why I'm calling. <laughs> yeah, so so I, I like this question. So so, but the, the answer here is not a not a complicated one. So here's what happens. Uh, obviously, I don't know why they're concerned about playing the lottery, but fine. If you agree to it and you play the lottery, uh, what they could do is they could discipline you. So if they find you play the lottery, and they say, well, we're, you know, you that's a breach of our policy. It's a breach of the contract. So we're giving you a warning. You do it again, they could say, well, we'll give you another warning. You better shape up or else. And then maybe if that happens again, they could be in a position to terminate employment for cause, maybe. But to your specific question, if you play it when you're not supposed to and you win, they can't do anything with that amount. Could they <laughs> yeah. potentially let you go for playing? Sure. But they don't have any claim for the money. Uh, they wouldn't be able to get uh, one cent from it. So that that's not an issue. But you could, in theory, be putting your job in jeopardy if you do this and they catch you a few times. Does that, does that make sense? Yep. No problem. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate it. That's that, I knew it. I knew you'd never had that question before. Could you imagine, though? We're going to discipline you. Don't care. got $10 million. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. Please don't give me a warning. I'll, I'll take my $10 million. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. 416-870-6400 is the number. Samantha, thank you for uh, for holding on for a moment. How are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? Great. Good. Uh, thanks for uh, taking the Hello? time to call in. What's your concern? Hello. Yes, hello. You're there. Go Hi. ahead. Hi, Samantha. Well, yeah, yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, you go ahead. Me? Oh, yeah. Okay. Hear you loud and clear. All right. So a couple of things. Um, so I had, uh, I've been terminated. I've been with the company for 11 years. 
I was in a job where I had a salary, a base salary, and then about a 15% commission on top of my salary. Um, I'm in the hospitality sector. So, um, and like I said, I was terminated. Now, my severance, um, I wanted it to include my the, the money that I made the last five, four or five years was an extra $20,000 per year on top of my severance, but they came back to say, no, the severance is going to be based on your salary because we're not going to be paying out incentives going forward um, because of the state of the industry. Are they allowed to do that? So. Before I answer that question, I have one uh, question for you. In terms of salary, how many months' salary have they offered? Um, six months' base salary. And how old are you, Samantha? I'm over 50. Okay. So you're, you're potentially owed 10 to 12 months, probably about 12 months of severance. So they're, they're at six months. So this is a bad severance. It's a wrongful dismissal, even if we forgot about those incentives. But we cannot forget about those incentives. And yes, they do have to be included because we assess your entitlements as of the moment, as of the time of termination. So yes, they would have to pay those incentives and, and six months is you know right around half it's half the period of time for which they have to pay you. So any way you slice this, Samantha, this is a wrongful dismissal, and you're going to be owed significantly more. So now that you know that, the next step is you have to reach out to me off air. Let's connect, and that's not a problem. I'll help you get what you're owed. But, but what if they refuse? Because I've already been working with a lawyer, but I'm wondering whether I'm not getting the right deal. I'm kind of... Is that he basically said to me that if we go to litigation, then the next step is litigation because they've kind of said that their, their final offer is um, seven and a half months. We started with six months, but now we're at seven and a half months. Right. So if they go and say this is our final offer, then he said basically your next step is litigation. Okay. So, so what is the question? So then how would litigation work then? Like, would you guys just then take on the case? and? Yeah, that's exactly what we would do. But, but okay. frankly, sometimes we don't even need to. Sometimes just my firm name on the letterhead, all of a sudden someone that, that didn't want to pay more than seven and a half months, and I was like, okay, fine, fine. We'll, we'll, we'll come to the table and get this resolved. Uh, it happens all the time. But even if we have to start litigation, it's what we do. You will get what you're owed. Not maybe, not if you're lucky, you're going to get it. Uh, it's about making sure that that happens as quickly as possible with the least amount of uh, effort for you and the least amount of headache for you as possible. So if you want our help, happy to talk to you, happy to help you. Just reach out uh, and, and uh, we'll take it from there. Okay, so how do I reach out to you guys then? Going to give it to you right now, Samantha. Here is the number followed by an email address. So uh, you'll have this, uh, you know, going forward. 1-855-821-5900. 1-855-821-5900. Sam and help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address as well. Greg, email. Used it right here. Said, guys, because of COVID, my company has been regularly late in paying me and other employees. Sometimes it can be as much as one week after we're supposed to be paid. This makes life very difficult. Is there something I can do? 
Yeah, no doubt it makes life uh, difficult. Yeah. You know, you, you count on that pay coming in a certain time so that you can pay your bills. And, and listen, I, I understand that, that with COVID-19, a lot of employers are struggling, but there's a very basic principle when it comes to working is I come into work, I do my job, and you, my employer, have to pay me what we agreed to on the date we agreed to. And, and, and if you can't do that, then you can't have me working. You know, the employer can't expect the employee to do its job, uh, but but not to pay the employee when they're supposed to. So you have a couple of options here. You can file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor. Uh, they don't look very fondly on employers not paying when they should. Uh, and, and they can find the employer. They can order the employer to to, uh, to pay you properly. And if they don't, there'll be even greater fines. So that's option one. Option number two, you may choose to treat this situation as a constructive dismissal. Your, your employer is essentially breaching the terms of employment. The, the employment terms say you, you pay me on the first of the month and on the 15th of the month. You're not doing that. You breach the terms of employment. I'm out of here, but you're going to have to pay me my severance. So both of those options are available. An employer cannot simply decide or, 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 or avoid or, or not pay someone when they're supposed to. It's the most basic principle of employment. You get paid when you're supposed to get paid. And we'll get to a uh, another call. And uh, you're up. Good evening. How are you? Hello. Hello. Hey guys. How are you? Good. You coming through? We have a little bit. Uh, Abdul, you got gotcha? you? Yep, that's me. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, man. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So my question is, um, so I've 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 been with the company for just around two years, and I'm being uh, headhunted by a competitor. And I'm just curious, like, if I actually did go over to the competitor, uh, would my tenure at this company carry over to the next company based on the fact that I've been headhunted by them directly? So if, if things didn't work out long term, would they owe me severance based on the date that I started with them? Or would it carry back to the date that I started with the company I'm with now based on the fact that they're coming after me and I'm not going to them? That's a great question, Abdul. So potentially, uh, your, your seniority with the current company will carry over to the new one, at least for the purpose of calculating your future severance. But, and here's the, the, the important uh, piece of this, is you have to pay very, very, very close attention to your employment agreement. So I'll tell you why. If you sign an employment agreement, for example, that puts you on probation for, say, three months, then you can forget about your past seniority. Okay. Uh, if you sign an employment agreement that limits your future severance, then again, you can forget about your past seniority. So we have to be, pay very close attention to that agreement. You don't want to have anything like a probationary period. You don't want to have anything limiting your severance. So it, it, in that situation, if there's nothing like that in the employment agreement, if things don't work out with this new company, then yeah, they would have to pay you enhanced severance that recognizes the time we have with the, with the current company. So if, you, if you're not sure if the employment agreement is a problem or if it limits you, send me a copy of it. Let me take a look at it once they put it in front of you, and I'll tell you what it does and if, in fact, it creates a problem when it comes to severance. Okay, and just one quick follow-up to that. Since they are a direct competitor, could they limit my ability to own, um, to buy the options uh, that I have with my current company? Do you know if they, they're if they have the power to do that in an in an offer obviously i'd still share it with you and get your opinion but i'm just curious no they're not going to they're not going to be able to do that in in, a, in an employment agreement uh obviously 
you, you still want to make sure, we still want to dot our I's and cross our T's that they're not trying to do that. But no, as long as you're not actively involved in the business, if you're simply holding some, uh, some shares, they, they shouldn't, that should not be an issue there. And keep in mind, if you're being headhunted, uh, uh, means that they want you, they figured out that you're the right guy for this particular job. So it seems to me you may have some leverage here to negotiate some good terms. So don't, don't forget that. So when, sure. when the time comes for us to take a look at the agreement, we could potentially be dealing with it from a position of strength because you have a job. You're not desperate to leave. They're the ones saying you're our man. So I think we have some leverage to negotiate some really good terms. For sure. Sounds good. Yeah, that's why I was calling because I feel like I've got some leverage but just wanted to understand to what extent. So that's good to know, and I'll get in touch if I do get that offer. Sounds good. Brilliant. Thanks, Abdul. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it. Like three minutes there, and the guy's got so much more knowledge, feels better to, you know, hanging out the phone than he, he did when he picked it up. That's why you make that call. 416-870-6400. Still got a few minutes. In the meantime, we'll get to a uh, another email. Nancy writes in and says, Leor, I've had to miss work on several occasions because of medical issue that I'm dealing with. My boss told me that if I miss more work, I shouldn't bother coming back. And he do that. Oh, my gosh. Really? I mean, come on. <laughs> Don't do that, employers. That's silly. What, what is it that you're trying to accomplish here? You're trying to tell someone, stop being sick. Stop having a medical issue. What You think she's there thinking, my gosh, how do I become sick? How do I lose more days of work by being sick? That's ridiculous. So, no. Of course, an employer cannot do that. You can be off as long as you need to. So long as it's legitimate, so long as a doctor corroborates it and then gives you that doctor's note, that's all you need. Maybe it's a day, maybe it's a month, maybe it's a year, maybe it's a year followed by another year. You know, we don't control these things. It's not in, in, in your hands, it's, it's, you know, it's how things happen. So your employer cannot do anything to you. And if they try, you call me. I'll either set them straight or there'll be significant damages that they have to pay. So do not stress about over uh, about that. You do the right thing, which is follow your doctor's advice. Keep your em- employer informed. Get get them that doctor's note. That's all you have to do, and do not worry about anything else. Welcome to 1950. We're going to uh, get to a uh, right like who does that? You're sick again. Don't come in. Uh, Elaine, we'll get uh, Elaine on the uh, on the email here quickly. Says I quit my job because my employer owed me four thousand dollars in overtime and vacation pay. Refused to pay. I asked for payment many times, and he always promised that, oh, he'll pay, but never did. Is there something I can do to get the money owing? You can get the money owing, absolutely. A letter from me or even a complaint to the Ministry of Labor gets you the money. But also, the failure to pay can be a constructive dismissal because your employer has to pay you. So you may want to call me to discuss that. You absolutely should not accept that. Last minute of the show here, Susan. Got to uh, got to make it quick, but uh, what's your question? Thanks for joining us. Thanks a lot, you guys. So my husband has been working for a company for 16 years. He's sales and he's full commission. Recently, they started hiring on people who they put on salary. Now, my husband's orders, he feels, are deliberately not being filled. So he's not making a commission, and his clients are getting really upset and angry. Now, what should he do? So number one, first thing he, do, he has to do, send an email to whoever the right person is saying, here's the concerns, here's who I'm, I've heard of, what's going on. If something like that happens again, he sends another email. If things don't get rectified despite that, he's not getting sufficient answers, 
then that could easily be a constructive dismissal. So he and I need to speak. But put it in writing. Send an email. Make sure he's not just silent about it. Be that squeaky wheel until something gets done. Susan, good way to wrap it up. Appreciate your time. Reach out if you didn't catch all that. one 821 5900 The email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. The website is pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. And we're done till the weekend. Don't go anywhere. On Point is coming right back. Alex Pearson is up next, as she was before. Coming back to it right here on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio.